0: UFO Thinker Podcast Hello, my name's Frank and I'm the host of the UFO Thinker Podcast. I'd always been mildly interested in UFOs, but like many people, the events of 2017 ignited a fire of curiosity for the UFO topic, which has been raging ever since. I wanted to start a podcast, but initially thought, well, I'm not an astrophysicist, I'm not a fighter pilot, and I've never even seen a UFO, I'm just a normal guy who's interested in this mystery, but that's when a light bulb went off. There are so many other people, just like me, who are fascinated with this stuff, so why not start a podcast to talk about it from the ordinary guy's perspective? All the BS stripped away, as a few people have said, and let's see if we can get to the truth in all of this. Thanks to everyone who's been on board with the journey so far. It's been amazing to see so many listeners tuning in. And if you're new here, welcome. You can now support the podcast on Patreon, with tiers starting from £3 per month. The podcast will always be 100% free. But supporting the show in this way allows me to devote more time and make the show bigger and better. Higher tiers also include special benefits such as being able to suggest episode topics and get merchandise. And I really truly appreciate every listener whether you support on Patreon or not. So now with all of that said, let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the UFO Thinker podcast. My name is Frank And let's get cracking. And it's going to be more recent events today. Or actually, probably more to the point, it's going to be some upcoming events. So there's plenty of interesting uh, films and documentaries and things like that, which are in the pipeline, which are going to be coming out quite soon. There's also uh, a recent release of a book by Graham Rendell. uh, That's to do with some UFO cases in the 1950s, early 1950s. And also a new article as well by Brian Bender. Some updates as to how it's all going behind the scenes in in the US. So plenty of interesting bits and pieces to get into today. So first of all, just wanted to put in a little correction uh, or a clarification, really. Just regarding what I was talking about last week with Gary Reed's reassignment, and if anybody missed that, it's probably worth just going back and checking out that actual show. And um, for all the details, I won't go into it again now. But basically, I had a listener get in touch just regarding the comments I made about Gary Reed's removal from his role and subsequent reassignment. And I just wanted to clarify. I can't remember exactly what I said, but just in case I wasn't clear he hasn't actually been assigned a new role as yet at least at the time of recording this so what's most likely is that he's been placed on what's referred to as gardening leave in other words he's been removed from his position and he's kind of in like a holding position just until they can essentially remove him completely now that's not 100% clear that that's what's going to happen either what I would say is that if they do reassign him to another role anywhere within the u.s government that's basically a major disappointment in my book you would expect that after the level of misconduct that that has taken place that he'd be sent packing um but it's not as simple as that you know with the bureaucracy involved in you know any company uh, you know it's difficult to just kind of fire somebody these days you can't do that even if they've done something which is like undeniably totally wrong so yeah i just wanted to clarify that point as i say that's that's pretty much what i meant in when i was talking about it but i think it wasn't exactly clear i think i basically might have sounded a little bit like he had been reassigned to another role whereas that's not actually happened he's just been placed in kind of a like a holding position basically and there people have been assigned to reassign him but it's not clear whether or not he's going to get any anything reassigned or whether he's just going to be kind of completely, you know, fired and, and got rid of completely. So we'll see how it all unfolds. But anyway, it's, um, it is, it's great to hear that people are listening, you know, picking up on details. And I would encourage anyone that if there's anything that you think I could have said a bit clearer, or if you disagree with a point that I make, get in touch. Cause that's what it's all about. You know, I measure the success of this podcast by how close we get to the truth and how close we get to solving this mystery and you know the way that we do that is by focusing on facts and making sure we get the details right you know because details matter when it comes to making up the bigger picture and when i started doing this it was literally just me rambling on (laughs) couldn't even imagine that anybody would listen so the fact that it you know that everybody else is 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 listening to this now and obviously there's you know a fair amount of people who listen to the show which is great and it's almost like a team at this point you know we're all in this together trying to find the truth trying to filter off what's complete nonsense and bs and actually focusing on what's really happening with all this so yeah anytime somebody does get in touch to to point something out like that it's a step in the right direction as far as i'm concerned so yeah anyway that said let's crack on so next up i wanted to just mention a few things um about a request for some questions for an upcoming ask me anything on patreon so at the moment that is an exclusive thing for patreon Uh, i want to give like extra special benefits to anybody who does support the podcast on patreon and so anybody who does listen to this who's a a patreon supporter feel free to just drop me a message on email or via patreon uh, as a comment or whatever you like and we will do a recording of that soon once we've got enough questions in and uh anybody who hasn't already signed up to the patreon if you'd be interested in hearing the ask me anything or taking part and sending me a question feel free to just pop over to the ufo thinker patreon and you can sign up from as little as a couple of pounds a month but i'm also planning to do a tell me anything and this is just for anybody to to take part in so the idea of this is that you can send in a paragraph or a couple of paragraphs maybe about an experience that you've had maybe about something that got you into the ufo topic or really anything anything you want it might be a you know a recommendation of a documentary or it might be a favorite case that you've got um and you know as long as it relates to ufo's anything at all really. Is that's you know people do these ask me anything's and this is a tell me anything. So it's literally just anything you want. A paragraph, a couple of paragraphs at the longest. Try not to leave something too long otherwise I probably won't be able to read it out. But the idea is I'm going to do a show which is it's going to go out on all the streaming services, Spotify and everything like that. It's not a Patreon exclusive the tell me anything isn't. And you can yeah send in whatever you want really and I'll, I'll i'll mention it on the show the the idea of that episode will be that i'll just go through as many as i can and read out the paragraph if you send me a paragraph and um you can also send a, an audio recording if you prefer as well and you can do that via dm um or if you want to send an audio recording just send an email to ufothinker at hotmail.com or UFO thinker at protonmail.com for the secure email and you know if you've got something that you, you you're worried about you can send it via the secure email just to make sure it's extra secure and and with all of that you can remain anonymous as well if you prefer and you can send um, like I say a paragraph or at most a couple of paragraphs because obviously i can't read anything out that's too long and um, so a paragraph a couple of paragraphs would be perfect or alternatively as i said send it an mp3 attached to an email uh, of you you know talking about something for a, you know, a couple of minutes or something like that and i'll actually play that on the show um, and and yeah, just mention whether or not you want it to be anonymous or whether you want your name attached to it i just thought this could be an interesting concept for a show so we'll see what gets sent in looking forward to hearing about some of your experiences and i won't be breaking down what i think of your experience or casting any judgment or anything like that so please don't worry about that side of things all i'm going to do is purely just present your account of whatever it is that you want to talk about and then the listeners can make up their own mind so as i say um just to clarify the patreon ask me anything is only for patreon supporters but the tell me anything which can be Anything you want is open to everybody to take part in. So um, yes, get them things sent in and I'll put that episode together at some point in the future. So moving on to some recent events then. So this is actually more of an upcoming event than a recent event to be fair. Uh, But I thought this was really worth talking about because it just so happens that there's loads of really interesting upcoming films and documentaries and things like that to do with the ufo topic so i thought it was worth just going through them a bit for anybody who maybe hasn't heard of one of these and i'm really looking forward to this it's um kind of i've heard about these you know being in the works over the last year and we're finally getting close now to actually some of these coming out so first of all the in the sky upcoming movie So this is an imminently upcoming movie actually brought to us by Caroline Corey and uh, Caroline Corey is the writer director and producer and she is an award-winning filmmaker and the author of best-selling books on consciousness science and energy medicine. Uh, According to the tear in the sky website quote as a child and throughout her life Corey has numerous UFO encounters as well as extrasensory perception events and precognition experiences which led her to become deeply connected to existential topics the study of consciousness and the mechanics of the universe unquote now the film features various people including william shatner and also uh, uapx and i've talked about uapx quite a bit in the past but it did occur to me that some may not know that much about them so i thought it was worth going into that a little bit According to their website, UAPX researches UFO UAP while providing direct access to the general public of reviewed and analyzed data. UAPX designs, tests, implements and utilizes specialized equipment to fill the gaps in sensor technology identified by the United States government without governmental involvement so as you can see there it's another example of uh, an organization trying to look into this topic you know using the same kinds of techniques as what the the u.s government is doing but in a way that's very open to the public that's why i've talked about uapx in the past because they form part of this wave of current efforts to look into the ufo topic in a way that's, like I said, completely transparent with the public, in the same kind of vein as the Galileo Project as well. And um, just carrying on from that quote from the UAPX website, quote, we bring together a global network of researchers, physicists, scientists, trained observers, engineers, enthusiasts, communities and individuals dedicated to the scientific method in studying unknown aerial phenomena. We create solutions and processes to standardize data collection, investigate, monitor and ultimately protect our national airspace through collective effort. So the people who actually founded UAPX are Kevin Day, who's a retired United States Navy senior chief petty officer a former operations specialist, a top gun air intercept controller with more than 20 years of experience in strike group air defense, including wartime operations, and he is an expert operator of the highly advanced SPY-1 radar system. And uh, as we all know, most likely if you're listening to this, in November 2004, during some combat training exercises, it was actually the Princeton's Combat Information Centre that discovered the fleets of anomalous air contacts, and it was radar operator Kevin Day that directly instructed the pilots to change their course and investigate the unidentified radar spot observed by the Princeton's own radar. So obviously, uh, Kevin Day, heavily involved in the in the 2004 Tic Tac event involving David Fravor, which I've talked about endlessly on the podcast, so I'm sure you'll be familiar with it if you've been listening for a while. Another founding member of UAPX is Gary Voorhees, who has a background in mechanical engineering and working as an electronic and RF technician. He was a fire control man, and Aegis computer slash CEC technician in the United States Navy his responsibilities included the operation maintenance and repair of the Aegis weapon systems and again on the week of that 14th of November 2004 he was also an eyewitness of the USS Nimitz tic tac events as a result of his experience he's been interviewed by Chris Mellon for the history channel show unidentified inside America's UFO investigation Uh, So that's the two kind of main founding members there of UAPX, Kevin Day and Gary Voorhees. And obviously you can imagine it piqued my interest that those two were getting involved in something like this because I've been really fascinated by the the Nimitz case and everything that unfolded uh, there. So yeah, obviously I'm going to be interested in something that two of the core people who were around for that when they set up their own team to look into this using scientific methods fantastic that's what it's all about so a few of the other notable members include dr kevin knuth phd and dr knuth is a a associate professor in the department of physics at the university of albany and former nasa research scientist uh, another notable member is Jeremy McGowan, who is a veteran of the United States Air Force and he built what Lewis Lou Elizondo called the world's first mobile UAP tracker, which is the Osiris, the off-road scientific investigation and response informatics system which is basically a badass land rover uh, which has been made into some kind of crazy sensor system and it's really quite an amazing thing and i would love one day to actually build my own similar um you know vehicle and, and drive up and down the, the british isles to try and investigate ufos and things like that but um at the moment definitely don't have the uh the financial ability to do that and um, because those old land rovers take some maintenance i tell you that and uh especially the one that jeremy mcgowan chose which is actually uh, one of the older models which are notorious for being hard to keep on the road so yeah anyway that's another story for another day So anyway, if you do want to hear any more about UAPX and what they're doing and and the rest of the team, because there's quite a few of them, uh, the best thing to do is go to their website and check out all the information. But basically, UAPX as an organisation are interested in using really high quality sensor equipment to actually go out into the field, you know, boots on the ground, as they say, and try to collect scientific data, which may help to understand what's really going on with the UFO phenomenon. Uh, understandably for a lot of you know these people uh, who are involved as I mentioned earlier this comes from a place of having actually experienced and witnessed some of this stuff particularly Kevin Day and Gary Voorhees as I said and particularly with the involvement of the the high level scientists in the and the type of equipment that they're actually trying to use to capture this data I always keep an eye on what they're up to and it will be really interesting to see how this film a tear in the sky goes about actually covering that process and how the film approaches the topic in general because as we know not all films on this topic take the same angle so it all depends uh, how how the actual uh, the how the subject matter is actually dealt with The UAPX guys have uh, been out to do field investigations in various locations including near Catalina Island which is a well-known UFO hotspot and one of the, the issues that they have is the amount of data that they collect is absolutely vast and having the resources to actually comb through that data and then double check anything that seems anomalous... I think is a big part of the issue when it comes to actually getting that information out to the public so they've actually been out and done a lot of these field investigations but they've got all that data just sat on a hard drive going through it and analyzing it is actually the the long bit you know the bit that takes the time and so there's been numerous delays about this data Uh, There's apparently an upcoming release of it later this year, um, but unfortunately that won't be out by the time the film comes out, even though the film does cover a lot of the work that UAPX are doing. But also apparently there are some preliminary findings that are due to be shared an upcoming SCU, the Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies, who again I've talked about quite a bit on the podcast. Quoting from a press release from UAPX, Relating to an expedition to the Catalina Island area that I mentioned earlier, several members of UAPX will, quote, present key findings from the expedition at the upcoming SCU Anomalous Aerospace Phenomena Conference from June the 3rd to the 5th, 2022 in Huntsville, Alabama. The documentary film covering the expedition captured and portrayed the experiences, excitement and enthusiasm for the team's efforts in studying UAPs. However, the scientific journey has just begun. UAP x embarked on the painstaking task of carefully identifying events out of hundreds of hours of imagery that appear anomalous and ruling out large numbers of prosaic and unusual hypotheses to determine what can be learned from the recordings for this reason conclusive statements about observations cannot yet be made Unquote. so the thing about that is The actual data is there, but they've not really kind of made conclusive statements about what they've observed and what they've picked up in these investigations. So we can take from that that this film is basically going to be documenting the process rather than unveiling the final conclusions of what the data actually has revealed uh, because it's just they've got so much data that they've not really had a chance to go through it and verify everything yet and it co- kind of highlights the difficulties with, the, with these kind of processes if you're going to point sensor systems at the sky no matter you know how good your sensor systems are there's still a massive amount of challenge then in going through that footage and if you think about it if you've set up a few cameras in your garden to look at the sky that's one thing getting them set up is is a big part of the challenge but then what are you going to do with the 24 hours worth of footage that you're going to capture every single day very mm-hmm. difficult to go through it and it takes a lot of time and a lot of a lot of people involved to actually be willing to to put that time in so going on to the work of uapx and and this film in a little bit more detail so the tear in the sky website describes it as quote an award-winning documentary uh, a tear in the sky takes you on an unprecedented journey into the uap ufo phenomenon a team of military personnel scientists and special guest william shatner will attempt to recapture in real time the u.s tic tac videos and other space anomalies using state-of-the-art military-grade equipment and technology what they find instead our thought provoking clues into the true nature of the ufo phenomenon and the very fabric of our space-time reality unquote so the documentary is released on may the 3rd so by the time that you actually listen to this it will actually already be out i will be doing a review of it when it comes out and i'll probably do a review of the other documentaries that i'll talk about in today's episode as well so i'll wait to comment in detail until then Obviously, you know you kind of need to see a film before you know whether it's any good. So I'll have to hold back judgment till I've watched the thing. But I'll, I'll be honest, there has been a few dubious signs about this particular film, let's just say. Without wanting to be too negative, because I am excited to watch this film and all the other films that I'm about to talk about. But there was a little snippet in the trailer for A Tear in the Sky, which shows on, on a screen some kind of anomaly in the sky, which is labelled on screen as wormhole-like now that sounds quite interesting but unfortunately the the kind of the controversy here is that a couple of people from uapx themselves actually questioned the use of the term wormhole uapx on twitter actually tweeted for the record the terminology description and approach of the anomaly uapx recorded and is investigating is described in our press release please note that UAPX is not stating that this is a wormhole. We labelled it as an anomalous atmospheric event. So it does kind of beg a few questions as to why the film is referring to this thing that has been seen as something a bit more sensationalist sounding than what the actual group UAPX referred to it as. But I am trying to keep an open mind until I see the film because, you know, you have to until you've seen the final product but i suppose you could see that as a bit of a warning sign as to that the content of this film may be a little bit on the sensationalist side and i have to say some of the language used in the promotion of the film is a bit sensationalist but look at the end of the day we're talking about you know a material that's been designed a trailer is supposed to hype up a film isn't it so they're going to use sensationalist language so like i say i'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt Um, and we'll see what the actual end product is going to be like some films can be extremely sensationalist and border on sort of clickbait really and others tend to exaggerate certain aspects to make it more mind-blowing and some use loads of fake footage mixed in with real footage and things like that. Um, but, you know, a very small minority get the tone just right. Like, the you know, the Phenomenon movie, for example, by James Fox or the Unidentified series, which, in my opinion, are some of the best examples of how to do it just right. Obviously, everyone will have their own preference and there's plenty of other really good documentaries and things like that out there. But that's kind of my view of what I like to see in a ufo documentary or series and um if you've got a favorite as well if you if anybody's listening you've got a favorite documentary that that you think maybe i've not seen do get in touch because i'm always open to finding out new new good documentaries to to watch now then moving on so some of the other ones that i was talking about so i've mentioned on the podcast recently about phenomenology the the Uh, series documentary series which is going to be coming out fairly soon and this is the one where uap columbia invited uh, a few people to go out to columbia and investigate an an anomalous light source on a mountain and some of the people involved in that were um, dan zetterstrom the signal on, on twitter and vinnie adams who i've had vinnie on the on the podcast here both members of uap media uk and they went out went out actually boots on the ground to columbia and and took part in the filming of this documentary and very interested to see how this turns out the trailer is already out but the actual episode has now been pushed back until July the 1st. Apparently, they wanted to ensure that they put out the best possible series and, and they, they weren't sure they were going to be able to do that for the, the original date, which was May the 1st. So now they've actually put it back um, a little bit so just in case anybody had been you know looking forward to that coming out on may the first it's now slightly delayed but hopefully that'll give us a better end product at the end of it so that's definitely something another what looks like a very high quality documentary that i'm excited to see as well as that we've got uh, the aerial school film which is uh, aerial phenomenon and uh, the documentary on that particular film is focused on the 1994 zimbabwe ufo incident uh, which is going to be released on may the 20th and just in case anybody's not familiar with that it was a it's quite an interesting case of um some school children quite a large number of school children in zimbabwe who actually saw some kind of strange craft and actually witnessed you know beings as well and there's quite a number of similar testimonies there has been some controversy about this case some people say that it's very very compelling other people have other explanations for it and it will be really interesting to see how they cover that in this film so that's another one to keep an eye on and as you can see quite a few Uh, interesting bits to watch out for and as i've mentioned quite a few times recently later in the year we've not got an exact date for this yet but we're going to have uh, the moment of contact the new james fox film as well Um, and centering around a case in virginia brazil so loads of really really good upcoming films and documentaries and things to keep an eye on in the near future and another thing that's actually just come out as well is uh, Graham Rendell's new book, Flying Saucer Fever. So Graham Rendell, who I've actually interviewed on the show, um, when I roundabout actually first started my podcast uh, he released his, his earlier book UFOs Before Roswell and right, right around the time of the release of that book I spoke to Graham on the show it was actually a very early interview and if anybody has, has kind of started listening to the show more recently I really would recommend going back and listening to that if you've not because it was a great interview um from, from Graham he, he kind of really went into a lot of fascinating details about Things specifically to do with his uh, earlier book UFOs Before Roswell. Now this new book is called Flying Saucer Fever and covers a later date of between 1950 and 1952 and having read his previous book i am very interested to dig into this one as well my copy arrived a couple of days ago so i've not actually had a chance to read it yet obviously it's just at the moment there sat on it sat on my ufo books shelf looking pretty but i am going to get into that at some point soon and um graham Rendell is a a very thorough researcher with actually a background in, in aviation expertise, as well as a, a very rounded knowledge of the UFO topic in general. And the, the sort of synopsis of the book uh, is as follows. It's a fairly long list, but I'll just read it because it gives you a good information about the book itself. So between 1950 and 1952, a huge number of UFO sightings were reported by pilots, aircrew and passengers flying over the United States and elsewhere around the world. For the first time, the details of these events have been collected in one volume, which concentrates on a time when, report after report, was received by the military authorities, who appeared powerless in the face of what at first glance seemed to be a vastly superior technology. Mirages, celestial bodies, canopy reflections and weather balloons were all put forward as possible causes often when witness testimony suggested something else entirely and yet in the background the fear of a soviet origin for the mystery objects would not go away Each case is examined in depth using witness testimony included in official United States Air Force documentation occasionally backed up by radar reporting, newspaper articles and other sources to build up a picture of a phenomenon that increased in size and scope throughout the early years of the 1950s culminating in two infamous weekends of sightings over washington dc the seat of the u.s government copies of source documents are used to illustrate the investigations and photos of the aircraft aircraft types themselves sometimes even the actual machines concerned are used to show the makes and variants involved so and apparently as well this is going to be the uh, one of a number of planned titles looking at airborne cases from specific periods of time after world war ii so it's a, a brilliant follow-up to the previous book which was talking about ufos uh, before roswell so in the in the kind of mid early to mid 1940s and this book is available from amazon and also has an audio book as well and it features some amazing artwork from um, Dan Zacherstrom who I mentioned earlier who's involved in that phenomenology documentary and Olof Rockner I'm probably pronouncing your name wrong mate if you're listening I do apologize and um, but anyway the artwork is absolutely stunning and it looks great right next to the previous book which I'm going to be building up a nice little collection as these books come out in the future so I really recommend everybody to go and get both those books to be honest because graham's very very thorough researcher and it's a worthy addition to anybody's ufo bookshelf so moving on from that the ufo minicon in manchester is another upcoming thing which you should definitely keep an eye out for especially if you're here in the uk so the sold out minicon in 2020 21 was actually the biggest ufo conference in the uk last year and it was my first ever ufo event i've ever been to which you may have heard me talking about at the time and according to the ufo identified website quote we are delighted to announce that we'll be back in 2022 bigger and better new venue new times new speakers new features taking place in Audenshaw, Manchester at the fabulous Stanley House on Manchester Road. There'll be a bar available all day, a vendors area with your favourite authors, including actually Graham Rendell, who I just mentioned uh, about his new book. Apparently he's going to be there as well. Paranormal investigators and merchandise stands for you to peruse. Speakers this year include Robbie Graham, James Rose and your host UFO Identified. Our podcast panel is a new feature for this year. Andy McGrillen and Dan Zetterstrom from That UFO Podcast, along with UFO Thinker podcast host Frank, will be discussing the latest UAP developments across the globe, followed by an audience Q&A, unquote. So, as you just heard, I myself, Frank, will be present at this event, taking part in the podcast panel alongside Andy and Dan. So that is really quite a great honor and a privilege so thank you very much to ash for inviting me to be a part of this i never claim to be like a font of knowledge in this topic as a sort of relative newcomer but i have been looking into this for some time now and apparently you know people like listening to me talk about it on the show so i'll do my best to make sure that you know people like listening to what i say on the day as well and anybody who is in the uk I definitely recommend that you come along i mean regardless of whether or not i'm going to be there it's going to be a really good event if anything like from last year is is anything to go off and uh, also it'd be great to meet some of the listeners whether i've spoken to you before or not so you know feel free to come up and say hello i'll be there i'll have a name badge on and everything like that you'll be able to see who i am and we can talk have a chat you know share some stories and it'll be great just to catch up with some people in person and last time it was really, really good just to actually make some, some personal connections you know some of the people who I, I met there we've kept in touch and things like that and it's always great to put a face to a name so i'm sure there'll be some people who i've spoken to on twitter and things like that who will actually be able to meet in in real life so obviously it's a bit of a way to go if you're a, a united states listener or something i would, definitely wouldn't expect you to be making the trip over for it but anybody who is in the uk particularly the north uh, you, it's definitely not one that you want to miss so you can head over to the ufo identified website to get a ticket you will need a ticket and i would advise doing that as soon as possible because last year it did actually sell out so if you want to come along go and grab yourself a ticket and yeah i look forward to hopefully seeing a few of you there so moving on from that There's been a new article in Politico by Brian Bender, which literally just came out yesterday. I just happened to catch this while I was making my notes for this episode. And the article is titled, The UFO Briefings on Capitol Hill Have Begun. Lawmakers aren't impressed. Uh, As we know, in recent years, there's been a, a real bipartisan support in the US. You know, multiple politicians on all sides of the political spectrum trying to push to take this topic more seriously and that's all culminating in the establishment of an office dedicated to looking into the ufo slash uap mystery and new legislation was passed just recently meaning that certain things were now legally required such as regularly reporting to a central ufo office from all agencies across the u.s government Proper reporting processes were put into place and mandated briefings to congressional committees throughout the year were required. The office uh, will not actually be fully set up and operational until June, but the wheels are in motion already and the first briefings have reportedly already taken place. These are classified briefings and therefore not publicly available, but we are starting to hear some things trickling down to the public now. So members of the Senate Intelligence and Armed Services Committees received classified progress reports in recent weeks apparently on a series of new data collection efforts that the Pentagon and spy agencies are now required to pursue more rigorously and investigate reports of UFOs and this was apparently confirmed in the article by three people with direct knowledge. So the article goes on to say that some leading figures who had pushed through this recent legislation actually want more analysts and surveillance systems dedicated to determining the aircraft's origin and not just more reports of their existence, which is really good because that's exactly what we want. You know, if you're interested in this topic, you don't just want to know that it's a thing. You want to know where the hell it's coming from, what it's trying to do. And it seems that the leading figures who've actually helped to, you know, push this legislation through um, are actually on the same page as as what I've just said, you know. And one of these people is Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, a member of both committees who has called the phenomena an urgent issue and for the first time is expressing her public dissatisfaction at the response. So quoting from the article, quote, Senator Gillibrand believes that the DOD needs to take this issue much more seriously and get in motion, said one of her aides, who requested anonymity in order to discuss private conversations. They have had ample time to implement these important provisions, and they need to show us that they are prepared to address this issue in the long term unquote. So not mention any words there. Florida Senator Marco Rubio, the top Republican on the intelligence panel, also believes that the the Pentagon is not aggressively carrying out Congress's direction. Uh, quoting from the article again, quote rubio is definitely frustrated said one of the senator's aides who again is not authorized to speak publicly they are not moving fast enough not doing enough not sharing enough the administration is aware of the concerns he added it is not at the level it needs to be and also another republican tim Burchett, said i don't trust the department of defense to get this right since leadership there has always been part of a cover-up and he's actually a member of the House Transportation Aviation Subcommittee. It, it, and he goes on to say, it is clear from the public evidence that we don't have full control of our airspace. That's a national security issue and it's also unacceptable. So w- regardless of what you think of any of those individuals actual, you know, po- in, in where they stand on politics and other issues, I think it's safe to say that they've got the right idea when it comes to this thing i mean if you're concerned about objects that you can't explain flying around in your airspace over military bases surely it makes sense to put new things into place to figure out what the hell's going on and if that happens but then there's not really very much urgency from the people who are supposedly you know going to be looking into this you've got to start asking questions as to why the hell are they not doing the jobs and doing it quick sharp you know basically it remains to be seen whether or not we're actually going to see any progress in the short term and whether this office the AOI MSG will actually give us any answers or rather just continue with the obfuscation of data on this topic that we've seen over the last seven decades uh, it could be argued that this is not a positive sign hearing these kind of you know reports from the some of the the, the most active politicians who've, who've helped to push all this through however I think overall, I'm more inclined to sort of see how things play out over the long term, because apparently this office is not actually even fully functional yet until June. Now, the comments recently from Lou Elizondo seemed quite hopeful, and he keeps talking about stepping away from the UFO community, UFO community, and you know not being in so much of a public role and doing work behind the scenes he's mentioned recently that that would involve uh, having a suit on so that all suggests to me that what he's looking to do is get involved in some kind of government role perhaps some kind of oversight committee you know it's, it's not been confirmed exactly what it is but i think that people sometimes can underestimate how much Luella Zondo and Chris Mellon have actually been involved in the pushing through of this legislation and the formation of this office. I mean, I've seen a few people talking about this recently and saying, well, you know, Luella Zondo and Chris Mellon is not everything and this this legislation is kind of a separate thing from, from what they're what they've been working on. But actually I don't think it's a coincidence that Chris Mellon and Lou Elizondo were talking to congressmen and congresswomen and teams of staff around the time of the wording of this legislation was being finalised and going through, you know lou elizondo and chris mellon have said themselves that they were liaising with you know gillibrand's team of staffers and they've heaped praise on how good their staff are so when you consider that they've actually been involved and and have these connections behind the scenes and and now feeling quite hopeful about progress and looking to move into a new role for lou and that kind of thing it could be very interesting to see the way that this the rest of this year progresses but it's a work in progress isn't it at the end of the day we shall see but we should also remember that you know there's the galileo project there's uapx you know the galileo project is setting up sensor systems with advanced telescopes and it should round about this time actually be coming to the point of completing its first telescope setup which will then be replicated in about five to ten other locations As Avi Loeb said recently, so we're not purely relying on the US government for answers on this topic. There are plenty of other irons in the fire, as we say, the Galileo project, UAPX, as I keep talking about, and plenty of other exciting areas to keep an eye on if you're interested in this topic and um you know obviously watch out for those documentaries as well that i mentioned earlier because there's plenty of exciting you know film and and series type of things that are also going to be coming up uh, as we go along so where do we go from here you know we've got lou elizondo kind of stepping out of the the limelight there's a lot of talk recently about a ufo amnesty as well which i think is just to kind of go into that quickly Lou Elizondo has mentioned this a few times recently. I've heard Ross Coulthard mention this quite some time ago and it's a bit of a, a divisive issue. The idea of a UFO amnesty is that the people who have been implicated in keeping this stuff hidden and keeping the the factual side of it away uh, including some very dubious activities including intimidation of people who want to speak out about it and you know potentially breaking laws uh, along the way you know one of the reasons that such secrecy persists is that a lot of these people are implicated going back decades and a lot of the people who have been involved in the You know, keeping these secrets are potentially going to be legally culpable for some of the things that have happened. Now, the argument for the UFO amnesty would be that you grant them amnesty to come out, talk about what they've done, even if they've done things wrong uh, in the past or things that some people would question, and allow them to be immune from prosecution in the interests of developing ufo transparency with the public and i think we have to just be realistic about it my personal opinion is that a ufo a limited amnesty you know it is is necessary because otherwise you are going to have a continuation of the same secrecy and the same obfuscation of data as what we've had over the last seven decades and and if we actually want to get anywhere with this, which, it, you know, if you think there is something to it, it's something that could massively change the way that, that life on this planet continues. You know, it's not just going to be, okay, we've got a couple of other photographs, there you go. I mean, if if the true extent of this it starts to be revealed to the public and it is as in-depth as what I suspect and many others suspect that it is, it could really change the face of, you know, how we live on this planet you know if there's some kind of new technologies that have been that have been developed from this and or just merely the understanding of the fact that we're not alone in the universe if any proof does exist of that it would completely change the way we look at life and 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 our existence on this planet and i think if you want to make progress towards that at the moment it's just too complicated there's too many people who don't want the truth to be revealed to protect themselves because they know that they're implicated in wrongdoing over the decades and bearing in mind that a lot of the people who have been involved in that wrongdoing are now um, potentially retired or if they're not retired they're in a very high up position within you know whatever department they were previously in so those are the people who hold the keys and they're not going to just open the floodgates and allow themselves to be, you know, found out for the things that they've done. Unless you do an amnesty. And in that case, it allows people to, to to, deliver the transparency that I think is needed. And a lot of other people think that is needed in a way that we say, look, you know, we understand you were doing the things that you did for the purposes of what you thought was the greater good and bearing in mind we don't know what the full extent of all of this is we don't know the full extent of knowledge that's held by certain people there may be very good reasons why they haven't been able to be more transparent with the public and you have to bear all that in mind i think when you come to look at this topic the arguments against a ufo amnesty is that it's been a real travesty of you know a miscarriage of justice over the last 70 years that the public has been lied to in the way that it has and i understand that as well the the desire for justice to be served to these people who have kept this important information under lock and key for so long and because there's no question that the, the public has been lied to on this the extent is how deep do the lies go you know the, the, that's the real question is what's the extent of the lies because and we we know this for a fact now that the government claimed that Roswell was one thing for years and years, and then decades later they changed the story and said, "Yeah, all of that we told you was nonsense. Actually, it was this." So now you can't really believe that thing, can you? And th- that's the the Project Mogul balloon explanation from the nineties. Uh, you know, they they stuck with a certain story for years and years, and then they changed it. So they had been lying, and they've openly admitted that that was incorrect and also they said that there was no ongoing effort to investigate ufos uap and again that turned out to have been a big lie because we now know that they've confirmed the existence of atip and RSAP, which were government ufo programs so they said they didn't have a government ufo program and they actually did so there have been lies and that's just the tip of the iceberg obviously so if there has been lies all along you know somebody should be held accountable for that you can't just lie to the public but my argument is we don't know the reasons that they are lying to the public and it could be something that's you know that we haven't even even considered which might justify the 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 holding back of information in in certain ways but as, as i said many times on the podcast i don't believe that opening the floodgates is the right way to do it because it could be that some of this information has to be held back for good reason more transparency rather than total transparency is the way to go and i think the way that we're going to get that personally is the ufo amnesty congressional hearings is something that gets discussed quite a lot as well are we going to actually see people brought before congress and questioned about what's gone on with this over the decades possibly it seems that there's a lot leading towards that as being the way that this all plays out is there going to be a new big ufo case you know is there going to be some kind of footage there's been a long time you know since there's been a big release of, of a new video obviously there's been the 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 jeremy corbell footage that's that's come out gradually over the last few years Uh, obviously before that there was the gimbal go fast and the the flare videos is there going to be a new one on the horizon are we going to see maybe even possibly the the fabled 23 minute video you know supposedly shows a a very hd footage of, of a triangle coming out of the ocean is that ever going to be released to the public are we going to see that in the next few years it certainly seems that something is brewing lou elizondo keeps hinting that some major headlines are coming soon and that there will be people that are well known to the american public who are going to make statements about this so where do we go from here i don't know but it sure sounds like it's going to be an interesting few months and and years ahead and and if none of that sounds very interesting at least we've got some fantastic new movies coming out and the new graham rendle book <laughs> so there's plenty to keep you occupied in the short term and we'll see how it all plays out in the longer term but that is actually all we've got time for for today's episode so i hope you've enjoyed listening to this if you've made it to the end of the show here you are a hardcore listener of the podcast so thank you very much and until next time take it easy stay curious and i'll catch you in the next episode